Hey y'all, welcome back to Crime, Critics, and Chaos. My name is Shivani. And I'm Shaylin. And, and we're, we're your hosts. Oh god. Girl, what is that? Is that a tornado warning? No, that was an amber alert, girl. An amber alert? Yes. Do you get those often? I get those too often, actually. Mm-hmm. All hours of night, girl. Really? Yes. Have you actually um, ever learned on how the Amber Alert came to be? No, I haven't actually. Really? I'm serious. Well, are you interested in learning? I am, girl. Well, let's go ahead and get into the Amber Hagerman case. Let's are you do ready it. to whine and crime? I am ready to whine and crime, girl. Cheers. Cheers. Before we get into our story, I wanted to go ahead and state our sources. So our sources are kagsnews.com, allthatsinteresting.com, people.com, and themorbidlibrary.com. So Amber Hagerman was your typical nine-year-old. She loved school, she was in the Girl Scouts, and she loved to ride her bike, just like we all did, um, (laughs) with her five-year-old brother, Ricky. Shayla, did you ever learn how to ride a bike? Yes, I did, actually. I was actually four. Really? Yeah. (laughs) I don't even remember how old I was when I learned to ride a bike. (laughs) I just remember loving to ride it, though. Absolutely, girl. I wish I had my bike now. (laughs) (laughs) It's like freedom away from freedom. Well, it's because now we have cars. Yeah, but I still prefer a bike. Really? It's exercise. I love exercise. Oh, it is true. That is true. I actually, if you you might not believe me, but we're recording at my apartment today, and I have two bikes outside right here in my balcony, and I don't remember the last time I ever took them out. Oh, my God. Girl, well, let me do it for you. <laughs> we should go bike riding we one should. day. A we BFF should. date. We should. <laughs> um, so January 13th, 1996 was no different. Amber and her brother Ricky set out to ride their bikes that afternoon together, just like they always did. Mm-hmm. Around 3.15 p.m., Ricky and Amber both cycled to an abandoned Winn-Dixie grocery store together. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never heard of the Winn-Dixie store. Have you? I actually have. I actually have a Disney movie that I love. It's called Because of Uh, Winn-Dixie. I read that book when I was little. I love that movie. Really? Yes, but I've never actually been to a Winn-Dixie. Yeah, neither. Never seen one. (laughs) Me neither. Um... So they cycled to the Winn-Dixie grocery store. Of course, like I said, it was earlier, it was abandoned. Um, Ricky and Amber both cycled there, and then Ricky decided to go ahead and leave and cycle to their grandparents' house that was not too far away from the store. Um, Amber, on the other hand, she let Ricky go and told him that she'll catch up to him later whenever he was down the block. Mm, I'm already getting bad vibes from that. Yep, so he was alone and she was alone. So how old was Ricky? Ricky was five, which is, I know. What? Girl, trust me, I was like... My parents would never let me be, like, alone at the age of five, let alone bicycle. I mean, of course, he was with her, with his sister, who mm-hmm. was nine, but they're both super young. Super, super and young. And they're just, and again, I don't know if I mentioned this, but this happened in Arlington, Texas, guys. I don't think I did mention that. So, it happened in Arlington. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah. And this was uh, near Highway 360, if, in case anyone was wondering. exactly where this is. Yeah. yeah. So I actually don't, because I'm not a, from around that area. <laughs> would you say that it's a, like, would you say it's kind of residential? Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's probably why, then. That's probably why, you know, they were comfortable letting their kids bicycle, you know, around yeah. the neighborhood. I'm not sure. I think it was but... 1996, a different time. Yeah. Yeah. How, I was actually one years old at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Ricky took off, he started cycling to his grandparents' house, and Amber was trailing behind him. But before Amber could join him, a man driving a black pickup truck snatched her off her bicycle and put her inside the driver's side door and took off. Oh my god, so that's why I was saying, 
automatically when you were saying, you know, how her and her brother were cycling mm-hmm. and how he left and she told him to go ahead and go, like, they're only nine and five. Yeah, that was another thing to me was that, you know, okay, fine. Let's just say that the parents were like, you know, you guys are going together. You'll keep each other company. Go mm-hmm. ahead and go. But then it was like she she's nine years old and she, you know, let her brother go at the age of five and she right. decided to stay alone. You know, like they're both super young. They don't mm-hmm. have each other's company at this point. Um, but I'm actually kind of curious on what you think. I honestly don't even know if it would have made a difference if Ricky was even with her. Because right, they're both not. so young that if this, you know, perpetrator wanted to grab either one of them or both of them, he could have because he could have overpowered both of them. That's that's very true. I really feel like if he, um, Ricky, mm-hmm. was with Amber, they both would have got stolen. And yeah. It. Yeah, for sure. Um, so an elderly man with the name of Jimmy Kevill... He is the one who witnessed the abduction from his backyard. He called the police and told um, the police that a 1980s or 90s truck parked earlier at a nearby laundromat before the assailant drove up, kidnapped Amber, and drove towards the center of Arlington, away from the nearby Highway 360. So we have a witness that saw this whole Whole thing thing take place. And this is what gets to me, because... I know there's a, uh, what's that concept called? It's called fright or flight. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Um, And for those of you guys who don't know what that is, it's basically what you would do in a given time when you see something bad happening. Right. So fright would be that you freeze up and you just kind of let it happen. And then flight would be that you would go after this person. React. React, yeah. yeah. React and, you know, go after this person. Mm -hmm. So I don't, everybody's different. And, you know, I can't blame how everybody, how anybody what they choose to do because yeah. obviously it depends on your personality and mm-hmm. you know who you are but to me i feel like i'm a flight kind of girl yeah. i would have been taken off behind this truck running for my life absolutely i probably would have lost him don't get me wrong i probably would have lost him but i would have kept running until i got the license plate at i least. would have ran out of my house and try to throw something at the car like i would have been chasing after the car like i said like you say, you know, you probably wouldn't have caught up to it. Yeah. But, but I'm going to act. I'm going to react, react to it. yeah. Absolutely. And, and, of course, this man didn't. Um, but I, I was wondering why he didn't at least just get a license plate, you right. know? So he just was sitting and watching it. He didn't leave, like, the house. He didn't go outside or anything like well, that. Well, so he, I think, because he was able to describe at least the color of the truck and what, you know, year the truck kind of was. Or at mm-hmm. least, you know, between what two years, what time frame the truck was made in Mm -hmm. so and of course he said he witnessed it at the laundromat so he probably saw this vehicle acknowledged it and then a little while later you know he probably from his he saw this from his backyard Mm -hmm. a little while later he saw someone come out of that truck grab amber put her in his driver's seat like threw her kind of in the driver's seat probably to the passenger while he gets into the driver and um drive off so he was probably like oh that's the same car i saw earlier at Mm -hmm. the laundromat but he saw her getting abducted, so I was like, why didn't you get the license plate? Right, you know? that's the but, least you could have done. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, I don't I, know. I guess we can't, I don't, I don't want to blame anybody because we really truly don't know what we'll do in those type of situations. situations. We say one thing, but it's a totally different thing when you're actually put in that position. Yes. So I, I don't want to blame him for that, but, you know, my my, my crime junkie hat would be like, why didn't you get a license plate? Why didn't you get a color of the vehicle? <laughs> oh, he did. It was black. Oh, good. Well, at least you got that, sir. <laughs> good job. Yeah. Um, so Kevil described the kidnapper to be white or Hispanic, which, girl, in the Texarkana Phantom Murders, it was also the same description. You of know, course. the first couple couldn't remember, or they couldn't agree upon the fact that the male was... Um, 
Caucasian or Hispanic <laughs> and something similar to this scenario. Um, Kevil couldn't <laughs> describe the kidnapper, but he said that, you know, he could possibly be either white or Hispanic mm-hmm. um, in, in his 20s to 30s. Okay. Um, he's under six feet tall with a me- medium build. Mm, pretty typical yeah. type of description. <laughs> he had brown or black hair. And like I said, the truck that he was driving was solid black and no chrome. Okay. So we do got a description there. Yes. So um, he did okay. say that it was a full-size uh, fleet-side pickup with a single cab, mm-hmm. a short wheelbase, and in good condition. Okay. So the truck also did not have a sliding window, um, and the rear window was clear. So he has all of this information, like, as far as description for the truck, mm-hmm. but really didn't get the license plate. <laughs> I was You, you really was uh, thinking exactly what I was trying to say. So, um, yeah, that's... I'm still flabbergasted by that. Like you said, you just got the whole description of the car. You probably got the VIN number for all we know. But you didn't, you didn't get the license plate. Like I said, I don't I don't want to blame him. Like I said, we really truly don't know what we'll do in that position. But honestly, you got everything else, not the license plate number. According to Kevil, Hangerman um, screamed and kicked, trying to get away from the man, but couldn't get free. Police later collected Hagerman's bike from the parking lot. So he mm-hmm. took her, did not take the bike. He okay. only took her. And the bike, the bike, I saw a picture of it. It's actually super cute. It's pink, which we, we both love pink, guys. Yeah, it's my favorite color. <laughs> it was such a cute bike. Um, but, yeah, he left the, the bike there, and he um, just abducted Amber only. Well, that's typical. They won't take the bikes, yeah. I've seen it in many cases like this. They won't never take anything else. They'll... Of course, they Just, don't have time. They probably for that. don't have time. Yeah. yeah, they don't have time for that. They'll they're risking getting caught by you know trying to get all that in the truck. That's and, true. Yeah. Um. So Sergeant Ben Lopez, he was a rookie patrol officer on that day in 1996 when he responded to the call for help when Amber was being taken. He said even after 25 years, the case is still with him. This case is so personal to me because I've been involved in some aspects since the day Amber was abducted. He said. Um, so a man walking his dog a couple days later, he was kind of walking around this apartment complex. It doesn't, the sources don't really tell us which apartment complex exactly, mm-hmm. but it's just a couple of miles away from where Amber was abducted. Mm-hmm. Um, so a man was walking his dog and he found Amber's body in a culvert four days behind an apartment complex. So four oh days later God. behind an apartment complex. Wow. And <sighs> to be exact, it was four miles away from... Sorry, it was four miles away from the abandoned grocery store. Not exactly where she was abducted, but four miles away from that grocery store. On oh, Dead Dixie. Mm-hmm. This is four days later. Four days later. And something that Shaylin and I have talked about in our previous episodes is that we don't think that the, that the perpetrator goes far. No. We really don't. Um, depending, of course, on the circumstances course, or yeah. whatever the case is. But mm-hmm. um, in this case... He didn't, obviously. Yeah. Um, he, he stayed in the area and, you know, he disposed of the body only four miles away in a culvert behind an apartment complex just four miles away from the abandoned grocery store. I have no words for that. I, have, I don't even know what to say. Now, like, if he was able to do that, he was able to get rid of her body within four days, what were people doing in that area? Like, the, he was in that area. He disposed of her body in that area right. and people didn't see a single thing there were no witnesses he had to have been driving all in that vicinity and nobody reported seeing his car 
No, that, oh and but that's God. that. But that's the thing, Shaylin, is that there wasn't an Amber Alert back then for anyone to notify that right. the vehicle was this type of vehicle. Please be on the lookout because this is who we're looking for. Now, if there was an Amber Alert, then people would have been purposely no, like looking for that truck in the area. Mm-hmm. But because there wasn't, no one was looking for that. They didn't know what they were looking for. You I know? know, but you still you had that witness though who saw. But they couldn't get that information out in time. They oh they got God. that information. The police officers got that information, but they couldn't get that out in time in order for anyone to notice anything out of the ordinary. But what do you mean in time? It was four days later. Well, that doesn't mean that he jumped the body that time, though. It just means that she was found four days later. But I know, but they. what I'm saying is they should have acted much faster than oh, what they did. Oh, agreed. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Definitely. I mean, and I'm sure they may have put this on TV, like on the news. Mm-hmm. But, of course, newscasts only run specific times of the day. True. So, yeah, you know, if it was true. past five, I mean, if this happened at three. Mm-hmm. So... And I mean, I don't know, like by the time the police get there, they figure out what's going on. They, you know, do a missing persons report. By the time all of that happens, five o'clock news is probably over. Yeah. So true. then they're probably not going to, you know, ca- like cast this until the next morning. That's very true. So okay. he had this entire time frame to get rid of her, you know, whatever he needed to do with her, get rid of her. And no one knew anything because they didn't really know what they were looking for. They probably right. didn't even know that this abduction happened because it of wasn't course. broadcasted. So they needed something to be put in place to broadcast that she was missing and what we were looking for in order for people to see or know what they're looking for, you know, rather than just kind of being out there and not realizing what they're looking at. Yeah. I guess my question was really aimed more towards the police officers, not Mm -hmm. the community. Got it. Because if you have that witness that if he did give that particular information out that day, you should have had officers patrolling that area. Area. Oh, you're right. You're 100% right. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, you're right. And again, I don't even know when this witness came forward. That's true. That's another thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, it didn't, sources didn't tell me if he came forward right, like immediately or if he, you know. Of course. And I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't see why he wouldn't come immediately because he witnessed the actual abduction. Mm -hmm. Now, if he would have just seen this truck and figured it was kind of normal by the laundromat and then reported it days later, because he thought it might have had something to do with the case that's different but he said he legit witnessed her getting kidnapped and that's my thing like that information should have been passed to the officers as soon as he saw that agreed as soon as he saw you just uh, you just witnessed a child get abducted yeah it's definitely not normal and you know that he's not it's not like he grabbed her. Like, it's not like it was her dad. Like, what are you doing out in the middle of the streets? Let's go home and just right. grab her and leave the bike there. Like, you couldn't possibly have assumed that it was her father or her exactly. uncle or her grandpa or whatever. Because you will see some type of interaction. They're not going to just throw you in the car. car They're going right. to stop like, hey, they kind of chit-chat with you. You will see some interaction to be like, okay, you know, she knows this person. Right. She may know this person, but... He just grabbed her and threw it in yeah, the Yeah, and he might have even thought, I mean, again, I don't know if he reported this immediately or not. And if he did report it immediately, that's great. You know, I'm glad that he was yeah. able to do that. But if not, you know, he could have probably just been thinking, well, it's none of my business. You know, like this isn't has doesn't have anything to do with me. FYI, y'all, it's your business. Please <laughs> do not think that if you witness anything, it doesn't even have to be just a kidnapping. If you witness anything crime-related, it's definitely your business because you witnessed it. So report it. You you never know what the outcome is of that particular situation. You always want to report it because it could be your family member. It could be your friend. And how would you like it yeah. if someone that saw that particular thing, you know, or a situation happened to somebody that you care about and that information was not passed to the police, you will be mad. Right. You will be upset. You will be highly 
distraught. <laughs> do not be a bystander, guys. <laughs> no, don't don't do it. Um, so, according to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, investigators believed that Amber was kept alive for at least two days. So people may have seen something, but not realize what they were seeing. Okay. So how did they come to that realization or be- that prediction? Because they had her body, uh-huh. and then they did an autopsy, and the autopsy showed that you know how the autopsy kind of tells you a time frame when, yeah. when they were murdered, mm-hmm. or when they were deceased rather. Right. Um, so the autopsy stated that she was um, only killed two days or so prior to her being found. So if she was missing for four days, mm-hmm. and she was found. Four days later, and her autopsy stated that she was alive, or she was she had been deceased for two days now. That means that the killer had her alive for two days. Right. Jesus. So, kind of like what you were saying earlier, somebody could have seen something. I mean, that was enough time to yeah. kind of give that information definitely to the public. You know, definitely I know that enough. not everybody watches the news. I mean, of course, this was 1996, so mm-hmm. it is kind of hard to kind of get an audience growing into something that you know you need them to know. Yeah. Um, true. But. And even if they did broadcast it on the news, you know, the people that it reached probably didn't, you know, they didn't see anything out of the ordinary. Right. And yeah, the people that, that it didn't reach probably saw something but didn't realize what they were seeing. Exactly. You're right. You're right. Um, so authorities believed a thunderstorm swept Amber's body into the creek because apartment maintenance workers in the area didn't see anything out of the ordinary before the storm. So there was a storm in the middle of those four days before she was found. Um, so, with, so they, they basically believe that without that thunderstorm, they might not have even found her body right away. That's very true. And they also, uh, with that being said, they could have lost a lot of evidence, too. Yes. that's actually, So it's kind of a good or bad thing. You know, yeah. she may not have been found, but with the thunderstorm, like evidence definitely could have been destroyed. I actually didn't even think about that. So Yeah, evidence good. definitely was destroyed. If they're coming to that conclusion, then evidence was definitely, definitely destroyed. destroyed. Good intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, so Amber's murder sent anguish and anger throughout the entire community and beyond. I'm sure it did. <laughs> I know that I I would have definitely been distraught over That's it, That's a nine-year-old child. I'm sure it did. Especially back in 1996. Exactly. So. Um, another Texas mom with the name of Diane Simmons. I'm sorry, I think it's Simone. Diane Simone. Diane Simone. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't yeah. stop thinking about how a kidnapper could snatch Amber and escape without a trace. That's my point, Diana. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, Simone calls a radio station, a local radio station, with an idea. Her idea was to set up an emergency system that would set up, um, th- that would basically be set up so that when a 911 call was placed, mm-hmm. radio stations would immediately interrupt programming to broadcast the alert. So not just, you know, nowadays we basically get them on our cell phones, but not just cell phones, but also TVs, you know, computers, anything, uh, any kind of program that we're watching or using or anything like that, that it would interrupt that program mm-hmm. with the alert. Okay. And that was her idea. Good job. It was, it was a great idea. So, great. And Amazing. I love, <laughs> I love that she called a local radio station to kind of, you know, bring that about because mm-hmm. people were actually listening and thinking the same thing. They all thought that it was such a good idea to, um, to do that. Yeah. And. Uh, who was Diana, though? Did, did they um, explain her role or how she She was really- just, she she had nothing to do with Amber at all. She was just a local mom that was, you know, very distraught from this case like okay. we are. And mm-hmm. um, she probably pondered over that question, like, how did no one see anything? I mean, she was found just four, you know, just four miles away from where she was last seen. Right. And then, you know, she was found four days later. Like, somebody had to have seen something. Like, there's like no way. Mom. Yeah. Um, so just 14 days later, so that's just two weeks after mm-hmm. Amber's abduction, she wrote a letter to the station requesting that if her alert system could be put into place. 
She re- so she came up with this system all on her own. She oh didn't gosh. even wait. She didn't just come up with the idea and was like, what do y'all think? She actually, you know, came up with the entire system herself. Good job, Diana. I can't stress that enough. That, that's the type of stuff that I like. Yes, I agree. I, I love that. Love uh, that. She wanted the system to be called the Amber Alert, but, and obviously it's named after Amber Hangerman, mm-hmm. but what you don't know that is, is that it's also an acronym for America's Missing Broadcast Emergency Response <gasps> Alert. Wow. I did not know that. Yes. <laughs> so it was put in place that same year. So she came up with it that same year, and then it was put into place that same year in 1996. I've never seen anything, you know, be made and put into place so fast. Not at all. And I, I applied Diana for that. That rarely happens, y'all. And she did what she had to do, and she did it. Okay? <laughs> yes, I agree. Hi, Partners in Crime. This quick commercial break is brought to you by Everything Brows and Beauty. Tia Edwards is a certified makeup artist located in Houston, Texas. Follow her Instagram at everythingbrows underscore beauty for your next beauty fix. So today, Amber Alerts are used in all 50 states. Mm. So it first originated in Texas because obviously the case happened in Texas. So that was the first state that um, kind of got put through the system to to test it out, see how it works. Rightfully so. Every state loved it, and they all wanted it, and now it's used in all 50 states. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I'm super thankful for Diane. Like, that was, that was, the, it honestly, you know, we get these alerts, and, you know, we're probably annoyed seeing them because they're so loud, they're yeah. so scary, they're so annoying, and we get them often, but mm-hmm. um, in the long run, it helps so much. It does, and like I said, I may constantly complain about it, but I am actually really grateful for Amber Alerts. Yeah. I'm really grateful for them. And I do, every time I get them, I do go and look into them and I try to get as much information as I can to try to, you know, post it on social media because it's very important, y'all. These kids are going missing every day. They're getting abducted, murdered. It's horrible. Put put into child trafficking. Yeah, there's all kinds of things that are happening. Um, But it's also interesting to note that it's not only used in these 50 states, but the District of Columbia, Puerto Rico, and 33 other countries use use the Amber Alerts. Okay, I really did not know. That's a great fun fact. Yes. I really did not know that. I didn't know that either until I was researching this case, and I was actually, like, very shocked that that, that other countries use this. And I'm glad that they do because other countries have it worse than we do when it comes to concepts like child trafficking and, yes. and abductions and murders and things like that. Yes. Um, so I'm really glad that other countries use this because I'm sure it's very helpful. I mean, it's helpful to us, so yeah. it's definitely helpful to other countries as well. As of 2021, they have saved at least 1,085 children Oh, in the United States. God. And this is according to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Okay, is this since the Amber Alert has been created? Yes, since the Amber Alert has been created to 2021. So since from 1996 to um, 2021. Now, again, let me kind of, I know the number seems kind of low. Yeah, I was thinking that. what I'm thinking of is that, and I, again, I don't know how, you know, every single time we get an Amber Alert, I mean, we get a lot of those, so you would be, you wouldn't be thinking that, 1,085 is, you know, a very high number. You would think that it's actually really low, which I agree with you. Mm -hmm. But I do think that a lot of the times these Amber Alerts that we're getting, you know, it's it's a misunderstanding. Right. And I don't think that they count those in those numbers. Yeah. I think that 1,085 is legit actual kidnappings that have been solved or, like, found or successful with the Amber Alert system. 
I get what you're saying. Cause, and we do see them. It's family, like family disputes. Family disputes, yeah. yeah th- those, yeah, you do want to do an Amber Alert, especially if, you know, that family dynamic is not really, you mm-hmm. know. And it's not counting for the, you know, the children that weren't found and they were deceased. So this is only counting how many were saved. Genuinely saved okay. from a genuine kidnapping. That puts it in a different perspective then for me. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it could be a lot. Of course, it could be a lot harder. Right. But, you know, I'm not going to, you know, be ungrateful for that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be ungrateful for that number because it could it could definitely be lower. Low, lower. Excuse me. Right. It could definitely be lower. Yeah, I agree. Um, so Simone says that without the people, without people caring and willing to participate, I don't care how good of an idea it is. It would have gone nowhere. So she's very much saying that, you know, I could have put this alert in place, but if people didn't react and didn't actually care enough to look and actually care enough to pay attention, it wouldn't have helped in any kind of way. So she thanks us. She thanks us for paying attention to these alerts and notating these alerts and keeping it in mind and actually keeping an eye out for, you know, what we're looking for. So it is because of us that makes the system so successful. Yes, Diane Simone did an amazing job at coming out with the system. Uh, but I do agree with her. It is because of us. We are, we're all, you know, together looking at this alert and, right. you know, making it successful. It is. And then now we have access to social media now. So I definitely agree with Diane on that one for sure. Yep. She says that um, a lack of information played a part in Amber Hagerman's kidnapping and murder. Uh, she stated that they were saying Amber was taken around 4 o'clock in the afternoon, thrown in a pickup truck and driven somewhere, and that nobody saw anything. And she was like, I'm sorry, but that's not possible. It's not. <laughs> it's not. She said the problem was not that people didn't see them. It's that they didn't know what they were seeing. So she, mm. I, and I agree with her. We were talking about that earlier. Yeah. We we do think that, you know, she was seen um, or could have been seen or the truck could have been seen or the person who did this was seen, but they didn't realize that this was what they were looking exactly. for or that this was anything out of the ordinary. And just think the, like, if you look back to a situation or a time you were, like, just minding your business and you saw something off, mm-hmm. it could have been more serious than what you thought it was. Yeah. And that makes you really think, like, and that's why I start paying attention to a lot of things now. Even the small things I, I'm constantly paying attention to because you really do not know what's going on. And I believe that's what Diana was, you know, trying to get across. Like, you just never know what you're seeing. You just never know, you know, what the situation is and always no taste of yeah always always i mean like i I've, i think i've said this previously but even when i'm driving and i see something weird i'm like let me notate that yeah license plate real quick <laughs> I'm, girl you should see my um iphone full of notes Notes. <laughs> yes mine too <laughs> um so amber's mom donna whitson stated that she's very very proud of the amber alert system she said it saves uh children's lives and it's helped bringing or it's helped bring children back to their mommy and daddy mm-hmm. and it's another legacy for her daughter and that her daughter did not die in vain. And that's that's very, you know, that's very strong of her to, to think that way. You know, she knows that it didn't help her, obviously, but yeah. she's happy that it's helping other children. And I love how she looked at it. And it hurts to have to look at it, you know, in her own way it does hurt because you don't want it to be your child at the end mm-hmm. of the day. But she's not only thinking of her child, she's thinking of other children. And that's why I can respect that. I, I can respect that from her. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, so shockingly, despite the fact um, that there were 7,000 tips regarding Amber's case, her killer still remains at large this many years later. Okay, so this is the problem I'm having now. So now we have 7,000 tips. Yeah, just for this case. 
Now, I don't know what those tips are. I don't know if it's like someone, you know, in the, in our previous episode, you said that there are so many witnesses that thought that they yeah. saw Rachel and Renee. Um, and we don't know if that was even true. It could have just been hearsay. It could have just been, you know, a made up false, you know, witness statement. Mm-hmm. And false so suspicions. these tips could also be, you know, something similar to that. Of course, it's 7,000. I'm sure. Yeah, of course. But none of those 7,000 tips panned out in any kind of way. Oh, my God. Are you serious? I hate when it comes to situations like this. It, it really bothers me. 7,000 tips and not one of those tips Panned led out. to anything. Nope, not at all. And it gets better. So our, the new investigator on this case is um, Sergeant Gilden, and he says that we continue to have leads, and there are still several leads that we continue to investigate extensively as possible suspects. A lot of people refer to Amber's case as what's commonly referred to as a cold case. Mm -hmm. But for the Arlington Police Department, it has never been listed as a cold case because we've never gone 180 days without having some kind of lead come in. Now, that's crazy to me. That's insane. So, basically, this case happened in 1996, and this case has never been a cold case because at least into like within 180 days, there's always a new tip coming in. Even now. That's strange, Even though. now, this many years later, they still have some kind of tip coming in. That's very strange. That is strange. But they've never considered this case a cold case. It's been investigated on since it started. Like, there's been some sort of investigation since it started. I That's rare. That does that. not happen. That is very no, rare. That is rare. You're right. Um, Police are hopeful that recent advancements in DNA testing being used on evidence collected in Amber's case, as well as any new tips from the public, will finally solve it. I'm sure. I hope so. (laughs) As you guys know, um, DNA has been, you know, DNA testing has been, has, you know, gradually became so much more detailed Mm -hmm. over the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. Um, We have CODIS now, and people are, you know... So it's so interesting to, if you guys ever have time, like look it up on Google or something, but it's so interesting to see how they're able to find killers nowadays. Yeah. I mean, they could have DNA that was hardly identifiable back in the day and they'll test it now and they'll have four new suspects based off that, that, that testing. Right. And it's so cool because I, I don't, I can't really remember exactly what case this was, but there was a case that I was listening to about not too long ago and they didn't have any any evidence, no witnesses, nothing. All they had was a little bit of DNA that they weren't able to test because this was a cold case back mm-hmm. then. And years later, they they tested it, and it was based with that DNA strand that they had. They were basically able to come up with like a genotype. It kind of matched three brothers. Mm. They didn't know. It didn't. You know. It couldn't. They couldn't tell which that which brother the dna belonged to Mm -hmm. but think about coming up like having a billion men in this world right and now only having three suspects to look at and all they had to do was just take those those three men's alibis see where they were at that time that many years ago and they found their killer exactly did they do that yep and that man was arrested i will have to share that case with you yeah i will definitely share that case with you but that's how interesting dna has come to be like they're able to they're able to and now all that's missing is that you know all these cold cases have to be brought up again and this dna needs to be used or the dna that they have on these cases that are cold need to be Mm -hmm. used so that we can catch these killers Mm -hmm. and honestly the thing about that is you know a lot of these crimes uh these unsolved crimes uh excuse me dna they can't be reused yeah, that's you, you true. You can't use it anymore because it's just it's just it's 
so old. Yeah. That's why I hope that they keep it in some kind of database. I mean, case like the Phantom Killer from Texarkana, I'm yeah. pretty sure that that happened in, ni- in the 1940s. I don't know if that's saved in the database. I don't even know if there was a <laughs> database around that time. But, Something, but... <laughs> yeah, but like from last week's case with, um, you know, the, the Fort Worth trio, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm pretty sure, well, there probably wasn't much DNA there because their bodies were never found. Right. But, you know, any case that has DNA that happened within the 90s till now, um, or even maybe the 80s, Maybe there's something. You yeah, know? maybe, maybe that's so, that's something to research. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Yeah. Sergeant Gilden says that he remains optimistic that this case eventually will be solved. He believes that the killer is still alive, and that there's definitely someone out there who has the answers that we're looking for and can help lead us to the right direction. He says that that's why we continue to work on it, and that his goal is to has always been to remain the same, and that it is to catch who did this and to be able to prosecute them. I don't know how to feel about that. Um, as far as the perpetrator being alive, I am at a crossroads with it. Well, I mean, we're t- we're 26 years old, right? Mm-hmm. So the case is about 26 years old, 25, 26, you know. Um, and we don't know how old the man was, but even if he was, let's just say, you know, he was in his 30s. Mm-hmm. So he would probably be, what, in his 50s, maybe 60s now? Yeah, now, well, if he was 50... He'd probably be like in his 70s or 80s if he's still right. alive. So I guess it just depends on, you know, his age. I don't know. I don't what, think he was that old, though. I, don't, yeah. I just don't get older vibes from him. From, the, <laughs> from his MO? Yeah. <laughs> Sherman really, has his MO already in her mind. <laughs> absolutely. I think he may have been in his 30s, maybe 40s. I don't think he was like in the 50s or 60s. Right. Like, I don't think that. But. Um, if he was in his 30s or 40s, he definitely would be, like, 50s, 60s mm-hmm. today. And if that is the case, he could be very much alive. Yeah. Still. And I, I think that, you know, with – obviously, we we already know at this point that there's always tips coming in. So I'm sure that the police know something more that they're not telling us, like always. Always. Yeah. And so when he says, you know um, – that he believes that, you know, the killer's still alive. I feel like he has some kind of information mm-hmm. that's um, basically proving that he's still alive. And that's why he says that. Just can't, Just know, can't reiterate more into that. Of course. You know, like I said, there's always uh, evidence or information that police can't provide to us because they don't want to incriminate the case. They don't want to, you know, give out too much information because they want to be able to have some type of confidential information so that they'll they can know specific the right details. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they can have specific details because only the killer would know those particular specific details. And if the public knows of those details, it's going to mess the case up. Yep, I agree. Yeah. Um, so anyone with information about Amber's case is asked to call the Arlington Police Department. And, of course, that's at 817-575-8823. Or they can contact... Crime Stoppers of Tarrant County, and that's at 817-469-TIPS. And that's, again, 817-469-8477. Guys, we appreciate your support so much. Uh, We love that you guys keep supporting us. Keep supporting us in the same way that you have been. Tell your friends and share on all of your social medias. And please subscribe and follow us on whatever platform you're listening to us on, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Stitcher. This will qualify you for a shout out, so please go and do this right now. When you subscribe and follow, you will get an immediate notification of our latest episode release. If you're listening to us on Spotify, you can click on the follow button on the top left corner right below our default photo and then click on the bell icon right next to the follow button to turn on our notifications. 
It's the same thing with YouTube. Just click on the subscribe button on the top right corner and then click on the bell icon to get an immediate notification of all of our future uploads. And lastly, if you're listening to us on podcast or Apple podcast, rather, click on the top right plus symbol um, to start following us and getting a notification on our latest episode release. Uh, Stitches also the same exact way. There is a follow button right next to our default picture. So you can click on that follow button and that will give you notifications. Something else that you can do to help support us is to leave us a rating and a review on the platforms that you listen to us on. This will help get our podcast in the feeds of other true crime listeners such as you. So one theory that has remained viable is that Amber was kidnapped and murdered by someone who was a stranger to her. Now this seems kind of obvious based on the witness statement um, of the abduction. Um, Amber showed no signs of recognizing her abductor and was clearly terrified of being taken. If she had known the person, even casually, she likely would have at least faked politeness at the beginning of the interaction so that the man was almost, you know, assured that she was complying with him. Yeah, and that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. If she knew who that person was, they would have had, like, some type of small conversation. You would have seen an interaction that would show that they knew each other. Agreed. Um, So that's how I know. Yeah, yeah. because he just, I mean, again, I don't know how much of the abduction that the witness saw, but... He said that he just witnessed him get out of the truck, grab her, and leave. So clearly it wasn't like he lured her in by any kind of way. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, she was nine years old, so I feel like she was old enough to know better than to, like, get into a stranger's vehicle. But then again, I don't know. This was 1996. We don't know how people raise their kids. Mm -hmm. We don't know how her intuition was. So, Um, But that kind of leads me to my next question of whether this crime, or whether you think that this crime was a crime of opportunity or whether it was planned. This is definitely a crime of opportunity. I don't see anybody just targeting her specifically. Um, I really feel like this was somebody that was driving in that particular area, saw her by herself on her bike, and took the opportunity to snatch her. And we see this all the time. All of these cases that we we covered already and we're going to cover in the future, it's the same thing. Um, Most of it is not, you know, planned, especially with children. Um, Now, you do see sometimes children are groomed. But in these type of instances, no. I don't think she was groomed. I don't think she knew who her killer was. I really think that he was just at that, you know, area. At mm-hmm. that time, she was in, and he decided to take her. Yeah, I agree. And mm-hmm. I actually think the same way. I do think that this was a crime of opportunity. I think he was just driving around and noticed a little girl on her bicycle and was like, like it was an impulsive decision. Um, and he just acted on it right away. Right. Um, but there are people out there who believe that, you know, um, it was – possible that someone had been watching her didn't know her personally Mm -hmm. but had been watching her and then they became fixated on her i'm assuming because you know her and ricky probably rode their bikes often i'm sure so you know there's some theory stating that someone probably witnessed her you know out riding her bike Mm -hmm. so often that they became fixated on her and then when ricky left that day they knew that they had to strike immediately before you know before he never got a chance again Right. So that that's one theory. Um, but I tend to lean towards the idea that this was a crime of opportunity because there are no reports of strange people following the family or hanging around the neighborhood, obviously. Right. And the sad fact is that we're still writing about this 24 years later because whoever's responsible for Amber's death has never been brought to justice. Um, I kind of see why they would have that theory. Like, anything's possible, of course. Like, we again, we see it all the time where the perpetrators, they do have this type of fixation with the mm-hmm. you know with their victims yeah so that's not something that would be out of the ordinary it kind of makes me think though if he was watching her wouldn't you think that more people would notice his vehicle in the area like because if you're going to be watching this particular person if you know that they ride their bikes in this area mm-hmm. 
then you would think that witnesses and people that live in that area or would frequent notice. that area would notice him being in that area frequently watching her. Right. If, depending you know on saying? if people were out in the neighborhood. Right. But, like, going back to, you know, the, our witness, Jimmy, um, I don't think that let's just say he didn't witness her getting kidnapped. Mm -hmm. I don't think that he would have really paid attention to that vehicle enough to kind of have been thinking that that was a vehicle that could have possibly done this. Yeah, probably not him, but... He probably only knew because he actually witnessed it and saw her get into that truck. So that's how he knew so much information. But for people who don't know that, they're just kind of walking around seeing all these vehicles. They don't know who any of these people are. So they're just like, oh, it's just another vehicle. So they're not really paying attention. But like you said, with the information that they've had from the very beginning of this truck, somebody had to have seen something. Unless he changed vehicles and... You know, and again, I don't really even know why there wasn't any patrolling around that area. Like it was just four miles away. That's what I was referring to earlier when I made that statement. Mm -hmm. Not not much so of the community because you know that happens. But as soon as and like I said, we don't even know when he even reported that. That's another thing. We don't even know when this witness even reported that um, him seeing that incident. So that's another thing we have to look into. But if he did report it that same day, they should have cops in that area. Like, right away. Yeah, I agree. Cause right away. She hadn't been found yet, so you don't know what's going on with her. It could have been, like, a someone that kidnapped her for maybe ransom. Like, mm-hmm. you, you don't know what's going on. So, I agree. Like, that's something that they should have. They definitely should have had more officers in that area mm-hmm. um, just to have more, you know, hands on deck to see if they notice anything out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with her body being found so close. I'm right. sure it's, like, it's, it's a really horrible feeling knowing that you could have done something to have even if she was already you know deceased and yeah. he was just dumping her body even just being on the lookout could have helped us right. find the killer exactly. who is still at large i mean we don't know if he struck again you know we don't know if he moved and struck somewhere else we don't know but you know something else we've talked about in previous cases is that people like you know people like that let's just say this was a crime of opportunity and even if it wasn't People like that don't just commit a crime. Typically, don't you know? Yeah, they don't typically. just they don't just commit a crime like this once no, and never don't. do it again. I, I I guess I, I the reason I'm stuck on that and deciding that's because we don't have enough information on him, so mm-hmm. I can't get a like a picture of his demeanor and his you know his character. So it is it'll be hard for me to pinpoint and try to make up or not necessarily make up, but kind of come up with some type of characteristic of him because I don't know. We don't know anything about him, of right. course. So I can't get a picture in my head on how he will be. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he did strike again. Like, yeah, maybe he did. Maybe and we he just didn't. don't know. Yeah. yeah, we just don't know. It's possible that he did because I feel like this this crime was committed too thoroughly yeah. to me for him not to strike again. I feel like he, but that also makes you real, like think maybe it was planned, right? Because yeah. it was so it was planned so thoroughly. Or, you know what, we don't even have, again, I don't know what the police have, right? They have 7,000 tips, and they've had plenty more since then. <laughs> so they probably have tons of tips, but I, and we don't know what those tips are, but I'm thinking, like, what if he was arrested already? Right. And he's in jail for another crime, but that we just too. don't know that, you know, that person is the person who did this crime. That we, happens we don't, a lot. It's not linked, so. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, sometimes we find killers that are already in jail for another crime, but we never knew that they committed this crime yep. or that particular crime. And you'll crime. never probably know. You'll never know. Nope. Unless there's, like, some kind of DNA testing and you test, but that's the only way because you're not going to get a confession out of them. They're in jail for something completely different, no. but their egos are not going to let themselves speak about something else that they no. could have done. They don't have nothing to lose at that point, so they're definitely not going to give out that type of information. Yeah, so I agree. Definitely not, but... Um, do you think, and I'm sorry this is explicit, but we have to ask these questions because um, I didn't hear you say anything about it. Uh, was she sexually assaulted? I actually did not read anything about the fact that she was sexually assaulted. I didn't see anything regarding that um, as far as if she was or not. Um, I wonder, though. I wonder you know, if, it, if she wasn't sexually assaulted. I mean, they didn't mention anything of it, so I'm assuming yeah. she wasn't. Um, but why if that's if that's not what you were looking for then then why now i know that her you know of course her body was uh, found four days later and there was a thunderstorm around that time but did they get any type of evidence like whatsoever like did they get the cause of death because i didn't hear anything about that either actually let me let me go back a little bit um she there was an autopsy report that did reveal and again this is just one source that's saying this she she was said to have been beaten and sexually assaulted before her throat was cut so that is what oh that is what God. led to her death is no. that her throat was cut i was not prepared for you to say that i'm sorry i did not expect that much yeah so she was sexually i was gonna, i was going to say i didn't read anything like that and it's probably because it's explicit that a lot a lot of sources kind of focused on that and they only focused on you know her story as far as how it kind of helped other kids yeah. um but yeah looking into her personally i do see that she was sexually assaulted and that her throat was cut her cause of death was a slit to her throat and then she was dumped into the creek that is just so heinous like why would you do that to a nine-year-old mm-hmm. what possess you to you are evil i'm sorry that's the devil you're possessed by the devil to do anything like that to a child any and honestly anybody in general but for to a child mm-hmm. oh my god i did not expect you to say that her throat was cut i knew that there was a possibility that she was sexually assaulted but not her throat being cut and all of that i didn't i would have never expected all of that so that kind of just well and again that was hurt. just yeah that was just one source because i'm reading another source um from stories of the unsolved.com mm-hmm. and they're saying that the medical examiner the medical examiner's office said that they didn't know if she had been raped or not um, but oh, the police in the police stories. yeah the police have also that's another reason why I never heard about this mm-hmm. the police have never actually gone out into the public and stated that she was sexually assaulted like it's never been confirmed from the police or by the police okay so possibility possibly not that's so that in itself is not really confirmed mm-hmm. but her I mean she that was her cause of death but we don't know if she was sexually assaulted yeah or so not. she was her throat uh, was slit we know that her throat was cut but we don't know if she was um, sexually assaulted. Okay. Yes, that's correct. Oh, my God. Poor thing. Poor thing. I, I can't just imagine, like, I don't have kids, but, you know, just thinking, like, if I had a daughter and I knew that she had gone through something tragic like that, like, I I have anxiety now. And okay, I imagine yeah, me too, the anxiety I sure. would have. Like, I would have so I get angry for, like, the tiniest things now because of the issues that I have, I can only imagine if I had to go through something like that knowing that my daughter suffered something like this, like, mm-hmm. I would lose my mind. Literally lose my mind. I'm sorry, but that would be definitely me going on a crime spree. Yes. Because I'm who I dying think- and killing for mine. <laughs> <laughs> Period. Like, no. Absolutely not. 
I agree. And then I'll be um, sent to the crazy house afterwards. Yeah, so. uh, and I'll be willing to go. Right, I, mean, I know yeah. that sounds so crazy, <laughs> but like after I've caught the killer and after I've already, you know, done what I need to do with him, like send me to wherever you need to send me. I, I don't, don't care. care at that point. Yeah. Like I've already <laughs> did my, you know, I did my own self justice. I did my daughter and my kids justice. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, throw me where you need to throw me. So. Yeah, I'm going hard for mine all the way. And not even just my kids. This is my family, period. And they know I'm a ride or die for my family. So, yeah, I'm coming for you, bruh. <laughs> I'm coming for you. <laughs> and that's the story of Amber Hangerman. Oh my God. Thank you for sharing the story with me, Shivani. Yeah. Thank you. I hope everyone enjoyed that. I'm not sure if, you know, if anyone really... I'm sure people know of the Amber Alert, and they need, they probably knew that it was based off of a true crime mm-hmm. um, case, but I don't think that they knew the whole story, so I really wanted to, you know, shine light on this case. And um, people... This case is famous, obviously, because of the Amber Alert system, but I don't think that it's famous enough of her case, like what actually happened to Amber. Yeah. You know, um, and so I wanted to get her story out as well as kind of explain a little bit on the Amber Alert and why it's so important. So. And you did her justice. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you guys for listening. Let us know what you, th- uh, what you think and let us know what you think of the episode as well um, and what happened in the case, obviously, as well. Um, and we'll see you guys next week. We will see you next week. Let's um, go ahead and give us your thoughts and theories on this case. This is definitely one to talk about for sure. So go and follow our Facebook page at Crime Critics Chaos and let's get a discussion going. Let us know your thoughts. And we didn't do shout outs this week, guys, but we'll go ahead and definitely do three shout outs next week. Um, so stay tuned for that. But until then, see you next time. See ya. Goodbye. Bye.